Hi, I'm Dr. Biscuits, and you're listening to the Heart Peace Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart Peace Podcast, your holistic relationship talk show for gamers. I'm your host, Master Wife. And I am Master Joe. Yes, and How's this it going, is everyone? episode number... 18. 18. 18. You know, We've reached eight... a legal age now. <laughs> <laughs> we can now... What can you do at 18? What are all the things you can do at 18? Um, you, uh, you, you go to college. At 17? Yeah. Yeah, you go to college if you're a normal person and not a super smart uh Super, super, super smart. There's some folks that go to college, like, they skip high school and go to college. Yeah. I just, my brain is not one of those kinds. <laughs> I went to college when I was 18. Uh, what else do you do when you're 18? Mm. You become a man or a woman in, in some families. That's when you, you get out there and you get a job. <laughs> it's like 18 years old. All right, get out. You can't rent a car yet. That's not till you're 25. Or drink in America, at least. That's 21. Yeah. What can you do at 18? 18 is just, I think it's just the college year. I'm think, <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, what else do you do? You get your license at 16 or 15, depending on what state you're in. Yeah, everyone at home, let us know what you're able to do when you're 18. Yeah, I don't know. What can you do? What can you do when you're 18 years <laughs> <of age>. <laughs> old? <laughs> oh, you can enter the military. Yeah, yeah. A little, a little fairy uh, just popped in my brain and, <laughs> yeah, and told me that someone. it definitely wasn't our secret guest uh, <laughs> through a chat service. No, no. They're definitely not waiting on, on hold in some green room somewhere. Nope. That's not happening right now. Oh uh, not at all. Not at all. Well, <laughs> with, with that, I guess we should introduce uh, our guest, Master Wife. What do you think? Yes, we should. All right. So we have from, I mean, geez, this lady is freaking smart. Um, <laughs> really, really smart. And she's going to get into your brain. The illustrious, as I get her off of mute here, Dr. Biscuits. How are you doing? We have biscuits. Do we have, we have liftoff. We have liftoff. We have liftoff. There she is. <laughs> Hi, I was just Biscuit. adding adding to the drama. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> da, da, da. Where is Biscuits? Where are they? I was being I was being illustrious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? I should go back and, and just put in some like illustrious breaker, sounding breaker. chimes and yeah. stuff in there. Just <laughs> be freaking funny. A Doc- choir of angels sings. Right, I know. And I emerged. <laughs> I woke so, up like this. I just, I, I don't know what to tell you. Word. But guys, y'all know what time it is at home. Oh, yeah. It is. Oh, wait, wait. No, it's not time for that yet. It's not it's time. It's not time. It's not Why time. Is it not time. It's not time, time yet. It's not time because I haven't gotten a thing yet. Hold on. Hold on. This is going to be random fire off the hip. <laughs> Because you guys know, I haven't you know, made everyone a... everyone at uh, home, our audience, our <laughs> major heart piece of the week, our music has been changing every week. Okay, let's let's see. Let's see what this one's like. Okay, it's going to be off the cuff. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, the major heart piece of the week, presented to you now by Victorian England. <laughs> so like we went be... to Victorian England this week, I guess. <laughs> what? It's called Alliance. I was thinking it would be some kind of 
not that. Like, yeah. Uh, well, all right. So the more who's you gonna know. go first this week? Uh, go first? I think I went first last week, so oh, okay. you're up. So, um, as you let you guys know at home, last week we were talking about. Well, I was talking about a bachelorette party that I went to for one of my friends who was getting married, and she actually did get married this past weekend, and it was really lovely. Um, it was actually on a farm. It was. Like where they had horses and peacocks, and it was a really nice home. There were five peacocks <laughs> just walking around, hanging out on top of the AC units. Yeah, I guess they were all hot, you know. There were donkeys and all kinds of stuff. It was yeah, cool. Yeah, it was really cool. And, like, just before the wedding, like, I mean, like, 20 minutes before the wedding, it started raining. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's, like, the bride's worst nightmare for it to rain sometimes. Um, but it actually stopped and it cooled down. Um, the yeah, air. it was so yeah, hot. It was so hot. It Yo, was the so hot, sun was blazing, blazing out there. The biscuits were burning. <laughs> but after that, the wedding went <laughs> ran smoothly, and uh, we had a good time. And they had a photo booth, so it was really lovely. Yeah, the photo booth was a lot of fun. We got some some pretty nice pictures. Maybe I'll put one of them up yeah. on the on the page. Uh, but no, awesome. Master wife, very nice. I'll I'll go next, and we'll have biscuits close us out here. Uh, Major Harper's of the week. We got our first bit of fan mail. Uh, well, I guess not fan mail, but mail that was submitted to us from one of our listeners. Uh, we we actually did a little unboxing video that you can go check out at heartpeacepodcast.com Uh, for that, and it's oh my gosh, I'll put the link for that on on this note as well. But it was amazing. Sent us a, a care package from Aruba. And uh, it had all kinds of fanciful things in it. Uh, and we were a little bit worried because, you know, he had shipped it international and it hadn't arrived on the day it was, you know, it said that it got here, according to the tracking information. Mm-hmm. So we were all freaking out like, oh, man. And uh, we had, you know, Labor Day over the weekend. And so we couldn't get back into the post office until Tuesday. Uh, but thankfully, we got there and everything was there and it was fine. Uh, so it was it was incredible. Absolutely love getting mail. It's getting it's so ten nice. like yeah. Oh, just oh, it's great. It's, it's great. So, so I'm really yes. glad we got that PO box. And thank you so much, Master Gamer 15, for sending in it's the care package mail. from Aruba. Got some really awesome stuff. Like I said, just go check out the unboxing video to see what what was all in there. It was fantastic. Word. So, Doctor Biscuits, what kind of major heart piece of the week have you got? Righto. Um. Well, last weekend was my boyfriend Gravy's uh, 23rd birthday. Oh. And what was the actual yes, date? Was, the date? I'm sorry? What was the actual date? It was the 4th was oh, his actual nice. Birthday. My birthday is on the 2nd. So oh, yeah. September oh, babies. Awesome. September babies. <laughs> but that's awesome. And uh, I surprised him and took him to Disney World. And oh. he's never been before. So uh, I blindfolded him and <laughs> drove him to this world. And as we were approaching the gates where it says, like, you know, everything's magical or something, yeah, uh, magic. I took the blindfold off and he was just so excited. And we uh, rode, rode rides all day and just had a great time. That is so awesome. That's incredible. Yeah. It, it was so cool. You went to Hollywood Studios? Yes, we went to Hollywood Studios, rode the Tower of Terror. Rock and roller coaster. Oh, cool. I've never been to that part of Disney World. I'll have to check it out. (laughs) Yeah, we need to go. It was actually my first time going to that part since I was like a very, very little kid. And it was really fun. 
No. Yeah. I don't know if Master Joe would get on like the no, Master, Tower of Master Terror Joe because absolutely would not get on anything <laughs> that you are about to say right now. No. What? No. I know, right? No, I have God. to find a buddy. No, God, chicken. no. <laughs> well, he can hold your bag, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess so. I'm yeah. an excellent bag holder. I will keep track of all of your things. Here, sweetie. On hold the ground. The water. Right? Hold the bag. Yep. I got it. On lock. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have another, ma'am? Um, well, good. Good stuff. As we always <laughs> say, guys, please, 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 definitely throughout your week, just take a look around, think a little bit, add a little extra life to your friends with some goodness, major harpies of the week. Uh, we want to get into... Our next segment here, which is going to be pretty interesting. We were talking about this in the, the pre, I guess, call that we had to kind of prepare for the show. And for those of you that do not know, Dr. Biscuits is almost a doctor. Uh, and we refer to her as such. She is at the University of Central Florida uh, getting her Ph.D. doctorate degree in applied experimental human factors, which apparently psychology. means nothing. But it's psychology. It means brains and stuff and stuff and things. She's real <laughs> smart and stuff. Uh, <laughs> for those of you that are like me and, you know, got a BA. Um, <laughs> so here we go. Let's get into this segment. going to be a lot of freaking fun. It's time for Booster Break. Boost or Break. Oh, yeah. Freaking love that bumper. All right, so you listeners oh. at home, you know how this works. Uh, we're going to ask Dr. Biscuits a couple questions here. And she's going to respond with either use the boost or use the break to let us know what she would like to do. So <laughs> she is uh, obviously a really smart lady getting all that psychology stuff going on, getting the Ph.D. Uh, doctor, why don't you tell us a little bit about kind of what what kind of work you're doing uh, and what kind of psychology, you know, what 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 are you actually doing in layman's terms for all of us non-scientific folks? Layman's terms, basically. I study how uh, I study how people interact with machines and technology, how they think about uh, machines and technology, uh, how to make them safer or uh, more fun, easier to use. Mm, okay, so there you have it. <laughs> now we can now we can continue. That having been said, we have five characters here from the video game world, and we're going to ask Doctor Biscuits whether or not you would want to sit down with this particular individual and do a session to pick their brain to gain better understanding. Or if you would just be like, nope, <laughs> because they're crazy. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of complex video game characters uh, in here. And shoot, let's just, we'll get started with it. Uh, the example, of course, got to start with that. The Joker, let's say from Batman, the Arkham, uh, Arkham series. Boost or break? <laughs> I mean, definitely boost. Uh, oh, no because way. then, then I adopt the Harley Quinn persona. <laughs> like, then I'm Harley Quinn 2.0, and then I get to carry like a really cool big giant hammer in my purse. Yep, yep. <laughs> Everyone in the world That's will so cosplay easy. you I mean, every year, multiple times. Harley Quinn. Harley, Harley Quinn 2.0. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. That's a boost. Use the boost <laughs> for Harley Quinn 2.0. Would you do the okay Harley Quinn 2.0? Would you stick with the animated series style, or would you go with like the more risque um, Arkham Arkham style they're doing for her now? I would actually go with um, her the comic series that's being written right now for her. I oh. would be her in that series. In that series, 
uh, her and the Joker have actually broken up. No and way. And she is trying to reform her life. Oh, wow. Um, and not doing that great. But she, like, adopts, like, every single dog out of a dog shelter because she doesn't believe in, like, people being mean to animals. And she can talk to animals. And she's just awesome. She, like, owns a freak show. She's the coolest. Wow. I did not know that. That's interesting. I have to, you have to send me some links so I can check that out. Yeah, you guys should definitely check it out. I would I would boost to be her. <laughs> <laughs> can I just be Harley Quinn? I, I would like to do that. I don't know. You have to talk to Tara Strong. She might you know, talk to her first. Um, voice actress for, for Harley Quinn. All right, so let's get into the actual characters now. It's a good example so you can get the, the feel of how it's going to work. All right, kicking it off with one of the most complex video game characters uh, ever, especially in the world of Legend of Zelda, the Happy Mask Salesman from Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time. Boost or break? Oh, man. He's a weird dude. He's got some stuff going That's on. That's really hard. He's got those masks. Different personas. I might... I think I would break because, like, I would just be too creeped out. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're, so you don't want to hear about any uh, horrible fates or... Like, just no. Like, <laughs> did that not creep anybody else out? Oh, Am it creeped, I alone? Oh, it creeped me out. I'm yeah. sure. Just, he's just a weird guy, man. He's got that that smile. That whole game is creepy. Like, his face yeah. is just... <laughs> and, like, fan not, art Well, of I'm him. not trying to have him, like, tell me, like, sit down and talk and ask about his life and him to just be like, well, you know, let me tell you about some rare masks while he stares at me <laughs> with that creepy smile. <laughs> Plus, it would be the most boring conversation of all time. He's got nothing else to talk about. Oh yeah, he's he's definitely a one way one way type of guy. He he's, likes those masks. He's kind of like Link. No, nah, he says a whole lot more than Link does. Mm. Yeah, he's got more words. He's got words. We're we're gonna use the break on that. Use the break. Because Happy Mask Sale Man, you too creep, man. You too creep. Um, all right, <laughs> getting to the next character. Uh, his newest game just came out, and he's most certainly. I don't know why we're getting like the most popular. Uh, folks are like the most complex characters in the series, but definitely one of the most complex characters in his own series. Big Boss of Metal Gear Solid. Got the newest game, Metal Gear Solid 5, out now. It's pretty freaking fantastic, and we all know of all of the snakes, he's the most interesting one. So, booster break on Big Boss, the original snake. Oh, gotta say boost. Ooh, oh, boost. Boosting. Gotta get Why? pick that brain. Can you, you know, he starts can you even imagine brain. that conversation? Like no, he would have so many, he would have so many complex things to say. He would tell me about some cool travels, some cool times killing stuff. You know, <laughs> I remember that one time. <laughs> now, are we talking about when he was a good guy, or like when he turned into a bad guy? Yeah, that's like, the that's the complex thing the about transition. Because all of his Why? games, he's the yeah, he's the good guy, and then whenever you're playing a solid snake, you're fighting him. Mm -hmm. He's the the primary antagonist. Mm -hmm. like, I just wonder what that shift is like, and I'm sure. Phantom Pain will kind of get into that. I've been playing it. Haven't beaten it through yet, but I got to agree with you. He's definitely a very interesting character, and he'd have some very interesting things to say. I mean, the dude's fought freaking, like, specters and dead dudes and freaking, like, psychic, kinetic yeah, fire Yeah, he's done dudes. everything. <laughs> <laughs> fought a man Plus, that could he, control he bees. Told him to give me a cool eye patch. I'd have a cool eye patch. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's good. So we're going to use the boost. Use the boost. That is, that's good. I like it. I like it a lot. Okay, getting into the next one. Master Wife. 
uh, appreciates yes. this character and his series quite a bit. From the Uncharted. From series. the Uncharted series, Nathan the one and only Drake. Nathan Drake. Yep. Boost or Brooke? oh man, <laughs> I would say Boost. Oh, boost for Nathan Drake. Boost for Nathan he's, Drake. He's so dreamy. He is. He is. He, he is. He, he would. He would definitely be putting on the moves too. He's. He's a smooth guy. <laughs> we would probably. We would probably end up going on a like epic adventure. Like I see that as the beginning of a cool game. Like we would be sitting down talking about, you know, how he feels about his life and where he's gone so far, and then suddenly he t- takes me on a cool adventure. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how all of his games start, isn't it? Like he'll be having a conversation with somebody, just all candid, then out of nowhere insanity ensues like i remember yeah, we were watching I the, that uh, we're, we're talking and then suddenly like ninja zombies attack ninja. and yes. we need to go you know get some diamond that we need to launch into space nice. at the right moment yes. and yep. until we launch that diamond into space you know the zombies will just take over the world something like that there you have it uncharted 6 and you you're welcome <laughs> yeah you're welcome video game developers and you can, by Treyarch. yeah and you can research his different interactions with different like puzzles yeah, right. how, do you, how do you feel about I, I just, this tower, Drake? i really enjoy the uncharted games so i feel like getting to play them with the main character would be reason enough to boost yeah <laughs> not too bad definite boost we got Here's the boost. we got two boosts not kind of the example and one break for the poor happy mask element, sad mask element, sad mask. Uh, <laughs> see what these next two are going to be. All right, we got some, we got some the boys out of the way. Let's get to some ladies. We have, even though you never really see her a lot, she does yeah, interact. Yeah, I know. I didn't really know either, but she does interact with a machine, and the machine is the principal gameplay mechanic of this game from the Portal series. We have Shell, boost or break. Oh. Portal is one of my favorite games of all time. I thought you were gonna say Gladys. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going. I thought about it. I thought about it. But Gladys, she's she's interesting. But Shell doesn't. She doesn't speak. You know. So it's like, ah, I wonder what she's yeah. thinking. Gladys, I kind of understand her motives and I, I get her. But Shell, it's like, man, what is this? Well, that's. I feel like talking to Shell would be a very one-sided conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I would just be like, so you know, that was some pretty torturous life experiences you just went through and also how long have you been alive because i think that you've just sort of been in hibernation so you're probably really old that's very you know how's that going and she would just like shoot portals around me and then escape (laughs) like cool good talk (laughs) so i'm gonna i'm definitely gonna have to break breaking on shell would would you boost on glados or... I would boost on Gladys oh, yeah. as long as I could like Skype her. I'm not trying to like interact <laughs> with her face. <laughs> She'd be like, "Let me tell you about these neurotoxins." <laughs> She'd be like, "I appreciate your science." <laughs> you monster! <laughs> you monster! We're <laughs> gonna love so, Gladys. Glad- so, well, what do you think about? Uh, you played Portal Two, then yeah. obviously. What do you think about Wheatley? Um, I actually really. I don't want to like spoil anything for anyone that hasn't played Portal, but or Portal Two. But I really, really appreciated the dynamics of Wheatley um, because I, I was worried that it was just going to be another like, oh, Gladys is the villain again. Mm-hmm. She's just like a very passive aggressive robot. So mm-hmm. I appreciated having a different robot that had a different personality type. And Valve actually hires uh, psychologists to work on their games to oh, help wow. design their characters. And that's why their villains are effective and their heroes are, you know, very, very unique. 
That is interesting. I've, you know, I'm sure that's a thing that exists, but it just never really crossed my mind getting a, a psychologist onto your game dev team mm-hmm. to, you know, you always think about writers and, you know, artists or and things like that. Game developers, like, a, yeah. but not using actual psychologists. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Or like maybe if there was some kind of a, you know, food aspect in games, like hiring an actual nutritionist, you know? Like, why did I think about that as a career? <laughs> oh, snap. Um, oh, snap. Career changes. <laughs> but um, our next character is actually from the Last of Us series. Um, Ellie. Yes. Would you boost a break on Ellie? Oh, man. I would I would boost. I would boost on Ellie. Um, I would want to. I would definitely want to take the role of like protecting her and keeping her alive uh and I, she's precocious i don't know I, I wasn't like that at all when i was a little kid i was like very very you know polite and uh she's just funny she's such a funny character <laughs> yeah. and i would just she would just swear at me and i would just be like taken aback and then i'd be like oh you <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about my best friend. <laughs> Good times yeah. in uh in zombie world over in The Last yeah. of Us. <laughs> it's, and it's probably different because the way she had to grow up in that type of world. Oh yeah, I'm sure. That's the yeah, see, I would, I would nurture her. Not <laughs> bad, awesome. not bad. So we're boosting on Ellie. Here's the boost. Well, I mean, if we're talking about Ellie, and you did talk about you know assuming the role of the caretaker there in 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 his place, what about Joel? A little yeah. extra, extra care. Booster break on Joel because he's got some interesting motivations at the end of the first game. Well, the first game, the only game. I guess I'm thinking about the DLC. Uh, but yeah, what's what about his brain? You want to pick that or no? Joel, I feel like I, I feel like I would spend a lot of time trying to like be there for Joel, and he would just never be okay with that. He would be like, "Ugh, get out of my personal space." <laughs> <laughs> You're in my trying bubble. to do my job, live my life. Yeah, oh. <laughs> he probably wouldn't open up to you on what his thoughts. Yeah, are. so I feel like I would, I would spin my wheels a lot with Joel. So I would, I would probably break. Breaking on Joel. Use the break. Not bad. Sorry, not bad. Joel. I mean, those are all pretty solid. Yeah, sorry, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Joel and the and the sad mask salesman are sitting in the same camp right now. I think those are the only two. And Cheryl. Oh no, and Shell. Shell. Shell is also Cheryl. in the sad mask camp. Word, not bad. She she doesn't mind. She's portaling out. Yeah, right, yeah she'll get she'll get out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be out of here in no time. So, what other characters did you say um, before we started the show? You were actually thinking of two characters. Oh that, yeah, I wonder if we hit any of them. I don't know. She would have said, "Oh, yeah." She, um, Doctor Business have... has some secret characters that she, <laughs> she told us before. If you if you if these characters are on the list, she'll be very impressed. So, let's see what were those characters. No, two dogs, and they're both named after a video game. Oh. And, uh, I, I have Cooper for Sly Cooper and Crash for Crash Bandicoot. Oh. oh. Throwbacks of the golden age of PlayStation. Wow. Crash yeah, but I, I, I figured you wouldn't ask me about animal characters because that would be a little weird. But uh, <laughs> Well, we have to understand the psychology know, of animals, too. Me for a loop, so... <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, oh shoot, animal characters should have asked about um Dust from Dust and Elysian Tale. That's an interesting game, which I still need to beat. Um have you played that one? It's like a indie type. No, I haven't. Oh, it's so good. I'll send you the link. It's uh what's what's the trope that it follows? Hero with, you know, amnesia wakes up with sword that can talk and knows who he is and he has 
powers and doesn't understand why. That's very disgusting. And then, you know, you... Ah, uh, yeah, I hate when that happens. Un- <laughs> right? <laughs> no, not again. Like, every Tuesday. Like, oh, <laughs> every Tuesday. <laughs> What's the name of that other game? Come on, it, man. It's gotta a, get to work. I know, right? <laughs> it's an indie series, and there's, like... I don't know if it's two sisters or is one person, and they actually switch oh, the, uh, between Gianna light twins. and dark. Gianna twins. Twisted oh. Fate. Yeah, or Gianna sisters, Twisted Fate. Yeah, but basically they use their different personas to overcome different obstacles, and it's really interesting. Yeah, like, one of them is a very, like, grunge, angsty, you know, in her world everything is spikes and demons, and then the other one is just polar opposite with, you know, fuzzy and angels, yeah, fuzzy guess. birds and rainbows. <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting. Unicorns. Yes, unicorns. Not too bad. Not too bad. Well, word then. We want to go ahead and get into a little bit of the next segment here. We got a little bit more time on part one. Uh, just asking a teeny, teeny bit about the what. Um, and then we'll cover more of this after a short commercial break. But the what of what Dr. Biscuits does. So you would, you came in, you kind of explained the whole idea of, you know, your your research and your, your field of study. Uh, and then in the beginning, we were talking about technology and machine interaction, how you're focused mainly on visual cognition, cognition for people that play video games. And for those of you that aren't as smart as Dr. Biscuits, I went and looked up the uh, definition of cognition just to make sure I was clear about it. Because I'm like, cognition, I, I know recognition, but what is cognition exactly? Uh, so the web definition of that is the mental action or process of acquiring knowledge and understanding through thought, experience, and sense. Um, so when you think about that, applied to video games, it's kind of a cool idea. So what exactly do you do uh, when you talk about cognition for people that play video games and how you kind of you know do research and work with that? Well, there's been a lot of, uh, of research, probably in the past 10 or so years, uh, asking the question of, you know, does playing a lot of video games make you better at cognitive skill? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, cognitive skill could be anything from your attention to your memory, Mm -hmm. uh, etc. So people sought out to answer that question in a lot of different ways. Um, Sometimes people looked at that by saying, all right, well, let me bring you into my lab and make you play a lot of one game. And then I'm going to test you at the end and see if you score better at, you know, tests XYZ. And Uh, you know, while there have been a ton of studies on this in the past 10 years, uh, there's pretty much a standstill where people are on, you know, one side or the other saying either, you know, there's no effects at all, or there's totally effects, you know, playing, playing video games helps you in every regard, or playing video games doesn't help you at all. Mm -hmm. And my sort of beef with that was that they were looking at people that play video games really often. But no one had asked yet uh, what happens when you play video games really well. And so that sort of got me looking into differences between people that play competitive video games. Uh, So people that are uh, power ranked for whatever game they play versus people that uh, don't play at all. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So that is where that project came from. Very interesting. And like I said, we're going to get into a little bit more about that in part two. But first, we've got a commercial break. Stay tuned. Well, hey y'all, how's it going? This here is Otis and Annabelle and sitting on down the dock of the bay Talking about our good friend Buck Henry Ooh, I love me some Buck Henry I know you do, Annabelle He hey. hooks you up Hey, yummy guy He's got your PlayStation Little Apple Pie Your Sega's So good looking, yummy scrunchies Your Nintendo's 
And your Xbox 360s, of course. Ooh! You need something? Give old Buck Henry a call. Yeah. And welcome back to the Heart Peace Podcast, where we've been sitting here talking with Dr. Biscuits about <laughs> friggin' Happy Mass Salesman and why he's so sad and creepy. Uh, <laughs> so sad. We're going to get into part two of the episode, where we'll talk a little bit more uh, about what Dr. Biscuits was just talking about, as far as video game uh, cognition and doing the studies to figure out whether or not we are going to become superhumans after playing lots and lots of video games. <laughs> uh, the approach for the, the science or the research is unique in that she is focusing on professional players or players that actually you know play at a very high competitive level uh, to, to kind of focus her research on that, uh, which I think is pretty interesting because, yeah, when you think about most of the time people mm-hmm. think about gaming, they're just, uh, you know, it's on a very kind of light, casual, casual you know, Farmville or Candy Crush, you know, and, I'm you know, how much those games do for you is, is up for debate. But when you talk about really honing skills in a, you know, same type of fashion that a professional athlete would for a sport, mm-hmm. and, you know, football, basketball, whatever, I'm sure there's a lot more benefits to gain uh, from that. And those kind of concepts can transfer over. So uh, let's get into that. So I wanted to know, Dr. Biscuits, like, how did you get into this actual part of research? What, like, sparked your interest? Oh, yeah. I've uh, I've always been a gamer myself. I've always been really interested in video games and also very interested in sports. Um, so sort of in the past five years with the, I guess, esports phenomenon mm-hmm. uh, really took off. I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. Like, this is a pretty cool domain. Uh, you know, I wonder if if there's work in this area that has to do with psychology. And so that got me looking in gaming. And because my background, in, it made sense for me to start looking at competitive people, competitive gamers, and try to see what we could take from those two literatures and sort of marry them into a new type of project. Nice. Not too bad. Okay, so what kind? I know you know it's a kind of a it's a human study. Um, there's a lot of things, of course, you're not going to be able to disclose. But what are the types of like what's the principal? Uh, I guess what would you call it? The specific aims of yes. your research. Like what is the goals? The yeah, tailored specifics of what you're trying to do. Uh, what what I'm trying to do is uh, use different types of um, cognitive items. So things like attention, executive control, uh, spatial ability, memory, and sort of piece them apart and look at uh, whether or not people that play competitive fighting games and people that don't play games literally at all uh, are different. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, I really have a ton of different tasks that I make these people do. It's like a painfully long study, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I, I presented some of the research um, recently at a conference, and uh, people's feedback was was really great. Uh, yeah. A lot of people were really excited about the about the project and showing that there are actually differences. So, you know, the competitive gamers did have better uh, they had better spatial abilities, so they were they were better able to rotate um, objects mentally, and they were better able to. Uh, hold items in their working memory. So your working memory is uh, sort of the memory that you have only for a little while. And if you don't sort of code it back into long-term memory, mm-hmm. uh, you lose it. Um, and they were better able to uh, attend to objects uh, in their visual field. 
Hmm. Nice. You know, we were talking about the spatial thing. It always makes me think about the old, uh, the old, you know, men versus women comparison of packing. Like you're packing a car or packing a trunk. Yeah. The the hype, you know, the stereotypical thing is, oh, men are just better at that. But I always think about it like, well, I played Tetris, and that's how I always think about. That's what that's where I go when I pack the car. You know, luggage and stuff. I'm like, well, this might fit here. Well, if I rotate this and I turn it this way, then it'll fit. You know, and that comes from video games, which is which is odd. So that that one speaks to me i get it that makes sense mm-hmm. so more me and things Gravy like actually that. had a whole conversation the other day about pack about packing, packing? rotating objects <laughs> yes he was correct <laughs> it's uh, important you men it's, you men. it's very important um so are you like studying differences between men and women or is it just globally between um, um people who don't play video games versus the main competitive gamer because i know it's, it's kind of difficult global. because I guess the mainstream, a lot of the competitive gamers are men mostly. So yes, how do you um, counteract that? Or it makes it pretty tough because obviously, uh, you know, the sample right off the bat is going to have bias existing yeah. because mm-hmm. it's all men. Um, but I try to alleviate that by uh, when I do my analyses and I look at my statistics, I compare the gamers to my novice population, Mm -hmm. but I will also look at just the men in my novice population to make sure that there's no differences between the men and the women in the novices or the men, uh, the male novices and the gamers. I make sure that that difference is still the same if it exists. Mm -hmm. So I do, I do take measures to, to try to make sure that I'm accounting for that, but I would love to have, uh, female gamers and in the lab that would be great yeah um they're just pretty tough uh it's it's pretty tough to get ones that are actually power ranked because my study is pretty strict on qualifications Mm -hmm. uh you have to be able to prove that you're um actually a ranked player and is it ranked primarily primarily uh you're focusing on the smash brothers community I have most of the people I've gotten have been from there, but I also get a lot of uh, Street Fighter. Okay, so maybe the the overall fighting game community then. Yes, um, there's a a very large fighting game community presence in Orlando uh, where I live, so it's it's been a lot easier to get access to those people. Um, Plus, one of my research assistants plays uh, Street Fighter, so he's oh, nice. more than happy <laughs> right. to yeah. bring his friends in. The yeah. provincial uh, and, guinea pig. Yeah, and what made you choose like those games to focus on? Because there's different types of games. Yeah, there's there's platformers, competitive Tetris. Puzzles, there's, there's Starcraft yes. is, is a huge one. Yeah, uh, League mm-hmm. of Legends. Well, it's um, teamwork, but even still. I had hoped to look at uh, first-person shooters as well, and I have gotten a few people in for that. Um, mm-hmm. There's just less of a less of a uh, presence for that here in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if you live in Florida and you play competitive first-person shooters, uh, come on down. <laughs> <laughs> right, call nine 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 five 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 two. But uh, no one had looked at fighting games in research, so that my thought there. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Not too bad. Uh, I'd mentioned. Um, Starcraft and we were kind of talking about you know how video games teach us things and whatnot and had a thought um what do you what are your thoughts on like level editors and whatnot we of course uh by the time we're, we're recording this episode Mario Maker came out yesterday Super Mario Maker for the Wii U and it's Nintendo's ginormous you know four game span dev kit for all 2D Mario platformers and people have already started making some really 
cool levels. Some like rude, rude Goldberg machines, and then some other like really just cool platforming mashups and things. I played a really cool Metroid level the other day. It was awesome. Uh, what do you think about things from that side of it? I know it's a little bit different than the the fighting community, the competitive scene. It's more of the creative scene. Uh, what do you think are the kind of psychological benefits of maybe a study in that field? In people that make levels? Yeah, like, you know, Minecraft is, is huge for, you know, creativity. Uh, sure. That kind sure. of aspect of it, the psychological effect. What do you think? I, uh, I would have to say that I would assume the people that play, you know, a ton of Minecraft actually have different skills and uh, different ability than the people that play, uh, you know, Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that games can really uh, give you mental benefit. Um, but part of the uh, part of my logic for why it is that it's the competitive gamers that get this benefit is because when you play, uh, there's a difference between playing um, to relax and playing to unwind and playing because you're training. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, I might go out and throw a football and, you know, that's leisurely for me, but Mm -hmm. I'm not in the NFL, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. not playing because it's my job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the motivational influences there are huge as far as what you're actually accruing. So I would say, you know, people that play Minecraft might get some benefits here and there, but they're not playing to they're not playing because it's their job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But people that did play Minecraft because it's their job, uh, I'm sure there would be there would be something cool there. Hmm. Yeah, and it seems like when you're a competitive gamer, you kind of tend to pay more attention to the details and everything because you, you're you trying to get you're trying to get better, and so you're kind of building up that. I've watched my boyfriend jump and do nothing else for two two hours straight. <laughs> <laughs> Just jump. Just jump. Wow. Do nothing else. Wow, just practicing those short hops. Yes, that practicing is... the analog jumps and the short hops. Wow, that's insane. Oh, wait, wait, does he use? Well, I guess melee. You can't turn tap jump off, so <laughs> that's always there. Yeah, you know, in Smash Four, I always have to turn that thing off because I just can't do it. <laughs> but um, you're you're studying also the cognitive. Are you looking at uh, relationship benefits of co- um, competitive gamers playing those types of games? Relationship benefits like uh, having a significant other, having a significant other, or their interactions with other people, um, those type of things. Um, I've recently started looking at some personality things. Uh, I'm not looking at relationships specifically, but I have um, begun to collect data on uh, personality and personality traits. And uh, I actually collected some of that data um, at Evo this year. Uh, I was lucky enough to get to go to Evo. I actually drove from Boston to Vegas. Holy crap. uh, I was just like putting that in my head. That is a really long drive. 52 hours. Wow. Wow. Nope. (laughs) Nope. But did y'all stop along the way? um, I had to. We stopped in every state, uh, but we only stopped to sleep twice and it was actually um a couple guys from the smash scene in boston uh you know they were just like hey we're going to evo we're gonna drive do you want to come with us you know just ride for free and uh it's like oh all right (laughs) let's go (laughs) so you collected some personality data from 
um, the mm-hmm. Evo conference. Are you still analyzing that data yeah. and stuff like that? Yeah, because that was yes. still relatively recent. I'm, yeah. I'm still looking at that data um, because uh, it's got kind of, there's there's a lot of, of different dimensions to look yes. at there. So yeah. uh, that is taking a while, plus working on the dissertation grind since I've been back at school. So, yes. <laughs> hmm. You know, speaking of that, because it's all the different types of things you have to balance, balance is one of the huge things uh, about competitive gaming. Uh, or any activity where you spend a lot of time kind of reaching towards a goal. Has the, has the research shown any kind of benefits or, or side effects one way or another about uh, time management, um, being able to balance kind of work life between the work side, which I guess in this case would be the competitive mm-hmm. gaming, and the life side would be everything else. Um, what is, is there anything, any science behind that? behind their work-life balance or mine? Yeah, uh, the work-life balance of the... Competitive gamers. The, of the gamers, yeah. Um, there's no nothing existing that I know of on, on that topic, but just anecdotally, it's extremely tough because there's so much bleed through. Uh, you know, a lot of these guys are playing these games competitively, yeah, and they train really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them work other jobs to sort of try to subsidize that. Um, some of them don't. And in which case, you know, they're they're doing things like streaming on Twitch as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're constantly traveling to go to tournaments. And so it's pretty tough to have, um, you know, your time that is spent on something other than that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that point, the work kind of starts to eat your life. And yeah. it's, it's a video game. So... You know, where do you sort of draw that line between, you know, I'm going to go play Smash Brothers with my friends and I'm, you know, training. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, that's a very interesting line. That's kind of kind of hard to cross back over once you've gone past a certain point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering um, kind of on that line, like, is it hard like when like super competitive gamers to play like other games for leisure? Like, is it hard to turn off that competitiveness or that training, like, attitude? I definitely think so. Uh, because, like, my boyfriend Gravy uh, plays, you know, competitive Smash Brothers. And he's recently started playing Hearthstone. Oh, no. <laughs> and <laughs> it bothers him so much that there are, like, these rules that he can't get around. Because, you know, in Smash, there's the rules are all physics based. Yes. (laughs) You literally cannot do this, that, and the other thing. But in Hearthstone, obviously there are rule rules, you know, you can't, you can't get these certain cards unless you have enough gold, but you can't get enough gold unless you do all these things to get the gold. And Mm -hmm. those things are all tiresome and (laughs) he just wants to be the best and have the best cards. (laughs) So (laughs) I've seen him lose his mind. (laughs) Playing Hearthstone. <laughs> Over a single game of Hearthstone, I'm like, it's just a game. <laughs> right, yeah. Being yeah. able to kind of come back on it. I know um, I'm a graphic designer professionally, so whenever I go out and I'm looking at a font, I'm like, that's not right. That letter, that letter's not supposed to be there. It should be shifted over two kernels to the left. And I'm like sitting over here like, what are you talking about? It seems fine to me. Yeah, meanwhile, <laughs> I'm like having an anime rage moment inside my head just, ah, why is the letter not right? <laughs> Like people have been freaking out about the the new Google logo because on the new Google logo the E they turned it 
Yeah. All the other levels are, are straight, but the E <laughs> is just like, hey, y'all, I'm doing my own thing, you know, and oh, it you drives, know what drives me crazy. What? The uh, the Spotify logo is slightly tilted. Huh. I don't use Spotify, so Look, I don't. Let's see. Spotify. Oh, my gosh. You're you're lucky. I uh, no, I love Spotify, but the logo is like it's just like OCD. It's it should be straight up like the curved lines but they're slightly right tilted oh i see that oh i do not see this <laughs> why like why why would they why oh no this you now you've now you've now you i see it you damaged him every you time you see you, done it you soiled it you soiled it soiled it oh no oh it's gonna drive me mad and like the ratio between the the width or like the thickness on those bands. This the, is graphics 101 for people at home. The skinniest one is, ah, <laughs> oh, it's too, it's too long. Like it should be in more. <laughs> so, um, getting back to competitive gaming. Yeah, I'm just gonna stay here for a while. I'm sorry, I'll be back, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you said that you, your boyfriend is a highly like ranked competitive gamer, and you're in school and everything. How is it, um, the work? I guess. Work life balance, work relationship balance between you guys, and how has it been dating a competitive gamer? Hmm. It's a the balance is is gets a little bit muddy when I'm so involved in the uh, in his competitive life. Yes. So, you know, he he streams on Twitch uh, three nights a week, mm -hmm. and I work all day, and uh, so when I you know, get home from work on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, you know, I have to think about, you know, if I'm going to go to this, uh, if, you know, I might go. And, you know, then it's doing that from eight to midnight. Mm -hmm. And, you know, on Mondays and Thursdays, that means I'm gonna have to get up again for work in the morning. Yeah. And it becomes tough. Mm -hmm. But the good thing about it all is that I love it too. Yeah. You know, it's how we, it's how we met and it's what we connected on right away. Mm -hmm. So it's always really enjoyable for me. And I've, uh, I spent my summer interning in Boston and it was tough cause we were long distance then. Um, but he encouraged me to get involved with the smash scene there. And, you know, obviously I did. And that's how I got to, to Evo in Vegas. Um, mm. but they were amazing. They just, they took me under their wing they taught me how to TO, they taught me how to commentate. Uh, they were just family for the summer. And, uh, you know, I'm infinitely grateful for having that experience. So when I got back here, I felt like I had a lot more to contribute um, to the scene itself. So if we were going to tournaments anyway, you know, I could help out, I could volunteer. Um, I can, you know, give my time so that I'm doing something you know, that's contributing. Yeah. And so for me, it's a hobby, but for him, it's work. And so that's when the work life stuff becomes tough because I can't, I can't really take him to work with me. Yeah. So exactly. we have to make sure that we strike a, a good balance that we're not just spending all of our time focusing on my hobby and his work. Right. Right. Yeah. It's an interesting point. And, you know, part of that, that, kind of i'm listening and taking it in the reason that works and you you said it, it's because you both that's something you both already just naturally enjoy you know that's how you met um you know you had kind of 
put out an article talking about how you know you would you know initially met with gravy we talked about that a little bit before the call and um how that started off as basically him being one of your researched uh <laughs> guinea pigs uh you know <laughs> and then you know being able to kind of get to know each other through that which is really interesting you know and it's a very organic uh <laughs> way to kind of interact with someone you know from a you know unexpected type thing it's like you just go into a restaurant and then next thing you know you know five years down the road you marry the the waitress or something you know it's like um it's really interesting but it's something you both do and it's something you both enjoy something you both share a, a yeah. common and genuine interest in uh and that's that's the key and i think in those types of scenarios because uh, one one aspect of every community and fighting community definitely has this uh, every community has some it some of it in some regard you have the the notion that there are the players and then everything everyone else you know there's the the competitive gamer and then the competitive gamer's girlfriend or you know everything else is just kind of like a sideshow and that's that's like this this mindset that's kind of permeated through uh different communities whenever you see someone on stage and then you know someone else comes up on stage with them or you you start to get into the more access of their personal life for some reason, and I don't understand why, those types of things generally start to come under fire or they come into question. Um, you had written an article a couple weeks back just kind of outlining from your perspective, your personal opinions, what it's like uh, dating a competitive gamer, kind of dealing with that. Um, and it was that was the focus of the article and kind of, you know, from my perspective, this is what it's like. And I thought it was a great article. I think it was a really honest article. Um, I think Thank that... You. It, it hit a lot of points that are, you know, true and things that we kind of echo as well as, you know, like we had said, it's something that you both do. And now you're kind of gotten into the scene. You've you've adapted into it and you supported each other. Yeah, you're supporting each other. He's supporting you in your research and you're supporting him in his endeavors. You know, uh, I play <laughs> not to the level that Gravy does, but competitive Smash. I was at SmashCon. Uh, a couple uh, months back. I don't play Smash. Yeah, yeah. I watch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm horrible at it, but yeah, but she'll watch. And you know, honestly, that's a it's a support thing. You know, uh, with Master Rife's PhD, she's writing a ton of papers, and I'm sure you are too. And I'm getting my PhD. At least I feel like I am because I'm reading a lot of those papers and you know editing them <laughs> for grammatical errors. And you know, could you say this better? Or could you take out this word? I got to make this shorter. So. It, it goes both ways. And I think it's kind of a, you know, you got a lot of backlash on that article. And I feel like a lot of it's kind of unfair because of the stigma when you think about, you know, professional gamer and then professional gamer significant other. There's always just this negative that gets applied to it almost for no reason at all. Because um, if you think about it, those types of support systems exist everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you support your kid when they go to the you know recital at dance class you support your uh you know your friend when they go take the bar you know there's there's all kinds of stuff so i think that's important to remember um you know get to to just kind of start fighting that stigma back like these are people and they have lives and you know stuff happens so mm-hmm. definitely want to keep that in mind wanted to kind of give you a little kudos on that thank you <laughs> i uh yeah, I, I think that a lot of the issue people take is that they're worried that uh, he sort of dominates my life with mm-hmm. all of uh, all of what we do together. That it really is him because he introduced me to 
you know, so many people and really introduced me to the scene at large. And uh, it's just not the case. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm usually a very strong minded and very independent person. Mm -hmm. uh, but being able to be supportive of my significant other's endeavors in this way has been super rewarding because yeah. I feel like I'm actually him. Uh, you know, I've been in situations before where I felt like the person I was with had interests or hobbies and I just couldn't contribute. Uh, either it was something I just really didn't like or something I was bad at, just wasn't interested in. Um, but this is so important to him that when I actually help him with it, it is super meaningful to both of us. Yeah. Um, whether that's, you know, just going with him to a tournament and being there as like a, you know, support system and making him know that, you know, relaxing him because obviously he gets very nervous yeah. uh, or doing this research and um, sort of getting through projects and then talking about how I think they can help him, uh, talking about his mindset, things like that uh, are really important to both of us. So. Yeah. Um, I do think there's a stigma attached and uh, I'm not sure if it's because in some situations uh, people just don't really know the, I guess in, in the gaming world, the, uh, the woman behind the man. Yeah. Right. It's like this uh, uh, kind of feministic view kind of, but it's not like when you're supporting him, it's because you want to. It's not because you're like being forced to. This is something you want or, to yeah, do. Or be. being made to be lesser because of. Yeah. You know. It's just a weird it's a weird exactly. argument, you know. It's, it's a very in different strange. areas. Like you are you know, you're in the forefront of your research and I definitely like I think that he's supporting you there and so but they don't really see that side and so they kinda have this misconception right, of what it looks like. Because that doesn't get streamed on Twitch, you know? Yeah. It happens um, in the background. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. I think we definitely have to look at the different, um, I guess, aspects of each person and like be open to there are many possibilities there are many types of support systems. And no matter it's it's really all about what those two people in the relationship really want for their relationship. And um, I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, I 100% agree. And we're getting to about time here on our episode. But man, I just geez. You gotta, you, you don't, you can't assume, okay? You can't assume. The old saying they have about that is definitely still true. I'm not gonna repeat it here, but you all know what it is. And it's, it's that, you know, we all have to just consider, you know, everyone's best interests. We have to consider that everyone is an adult. And, you know, for whatever kind of situations that we're in, you know, that we're, we're there and that's what we're doing. Um, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, we're there. And that, you know, and I think that you can't just assume, you know, someone is there for a reason that you come up with. You have to assume that they know what they're doing and then, you know, be proven otherwise until that point. But you don't want to be, you know, judge, jury and executioner on figuring out, you know, everyone else's life decisions for them and why they made them. Uh, so just kind of a, a PSA on that to end. It's going to be good. It's okay, everybody. It's okay. Everyone's going to be fine. We're going to be just fine. Go, go bowling. So um, before we close, though, what are you looking forward to your research like, <laughs> finishing up? <laughs> you got one year left. You're going to be free, and then you'll be free. <laughs> Freedom. Freedom. <laughs> Freedom. Yeah, and uh, to, to what you were saying before, um, I'm, I'm 23, so I've got a lot of life left. Yes. And... Uh, <laughs> 
a lot of learning to do about sort of how I fit into what I'm trying to do with my life. Yeah, and definitely. so far it's been a total adventure um, figuring out sort of what, what I'm good at and what I like to do. And I think that I feel lucky for having found something I really enjoy and uh, a partner that really enjoys it with me. So, you know, as long as you are taking stock and sort of uh, what makes you happy and focusing on that rather than bringing down people for what it is that makes them happy, I think that that's that's the answer. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. more of that. That's what, see, that's what we're saying. If everybody did a major heart piece of the week every week, the world would be a better place. <laughs> <laughs> that's yes. what that's for. Well, cool then. Um, definitely want to come back. Uh, and then kind of, do you have any other plans uh, outside of graduation? For And career-wise, I guess. Uh, the perfect career for me would be to uh, work on or work, work for a video game company, either developing uh, next generation technologies, um, so testing how people use them and how to make them uh, more enjoyable or better for people, or actually working on games uh, and getting to consult on either the UX or the usability for the games themselves. Uh, I would, that would be perfect for me. Or, you know, maybe I'll find that my passion is in esports and uh, end up doing something like that. But I know that I'll end up doing something with games in the future, I'm sure. <laughs> not bad, not bad. We know that, um, that you've got a bit of a, a project coming up here. Um, be working with the guys at Smash the Record as one of the TOs uh, coming up here. Tournament. Pretty interesting because, yeah, yes. tournament, tournament organizer, for, for those of you that are unpreached, uh, tournament organizer, TO, at Smash the Record. You're going to be raising some money for St. Jude in Orlando, which is awesome. Uh, this is the second Smash the Record that they've done. Did the first one last year. Incredible. Broke uh, Guinness World Record for longest uh, sitting time playing a fighting game. It's pretty insane. Uh, in fact, they did too good of a job. Because <laughs> uh, I don't think anyone's gonna be able to beat Can, that. Cannot try to beat it again. <laughs> what was the? Do you remember exactly what the record was? How many hours? I was trying to think of it. I feel like it was like seventy hours or something like ridiculous. Wow. Yeah, maybe like seventy-two. It's a freaking lot. It's forty-eight hours, guys. Se- That's seventy-two three days. sounds right. Seventy-two. It's like five days. Nope. I think. Hold on. Hold on. Oh. Hold on. I'm not, I'm not a smart boy. Hold on. <laughs> okay. No. 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 No, 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 that's three days, it's three, it's three, I got it mixed up, there we go, good job, I did it, I did it, I did it, I'm slow clapping, I did it, I did it, and then you also have another event called Play with Bay. oh yeah, yeah, the the couples event going on, which is really interesting to us, I would love to see that, when is that coming up, at a, that's at Smash the Record. At Smash the Record, okay. uh, oh, wow. we're doing a ton of different um, different things. So there's sort of something for everybody. And, and Play with Bay is the couples tournament <laughs> at Smash the Record. So it's October 23rd to the 25th. Uh, here in Orlando, I mean, it doesn't take much to want to come visit Orlando. Uh, so yeah. there are worse places you could want to visit. <laughs> yeah, yeah there, there definitely are. Not too bad. So you'll either be... Continuing out your your kind of behind the scenes support roles and contributing to the esports community, or Valve will hire you and you'll start working on Portal Three. Yeah, I'm trying to uh, to design a new terrifying robot <laughs> for Valve. 
that would be great. That would, would be awesome. You got I some big shoes. I would love to shoes. work on uh, anything with you know virtual reality or eye tracking. I have a lot of background in that, so oh, cool. where I'm hey. curious to see where that takes. All me. right, you video game devs, you, what you need to do is uh, send us a, send us an email at heartpiecepodcast.com/contact and put in the subject line Doctor Biscuits. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Biscuits for hire right now for all of your innovative the video game is needs. In. The doctor is in. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Freaking <laughs> fantastic. Listen, thank you so much for coming on the show and yes, talking with you. us. This has been so much fun. No, thank you guys. There's so many questions Thanks, like I know there's have. a million we could we could just talk for We're going to have to bring you back on the show one day. <laughs> you and Gravy. That reminds Biscuits me. And gravy. Are you guys oh, yeah. are you guys uh are you guys going to be going to Magfest? Magfest in February next year. Uh, I don't know. Where is it? Where it's is a it music in? and it's musical in, and gaming festival in. Uh, it's in the National Harbor in Maryland. Yes. Uh, it's like right on the border between Maryland and Northern Virginia. Um, well, Northern Virginia, like that's a state. Virginia, the northern side of Northern Virginia. <laughs> uh, but it, you should check it out. You should check it out. Um, it's there's fun. a lot of folks there. It's a pretty good time. We'll be there. Uh, we go there just about every year now. Third, uh, third year in a row. Uh, and it's 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 a good time. That would be great. We could drive there. So yeah, 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 yeah. I may have to. I may have. You know, we may have to send you some stuff. I got ideas churning. I got ideas. But you know, that'll be another episode of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> we got to get out of here, guys. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can tune in to the Heartbeats Podcast on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, on iTunes, or at heartbeatspodcast.com. Uh, Master Wife, you got anything to to, to close us out here? Have a great day. <laughs> have a, you heard it here Everyone. first, ladies and gentlemen. Have a great day. <laughs> well, until next time. Peace out, heart pieces. <laughs>